You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Well, hey, Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to Bob. Bob, welcome to Becoming Me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so excited to have you here. And you are a fellow author. Just got your book in the mail. I'm so excited. It's fantastic. Glad glad it arrived. We were cutting it kind of close. We had a quick turnaround between the, the intro and hopping on here. So that's awesome. Glad you got it. I am so excited. Thank you for sharing it with me. I literally was privileged to listen to the audiobook version and y'all we'll have the links and we'll talk more about this as we dive in, but must read. It is on my top reading list now. I cannot wait for people to read this. Um, And I'm just so excited. I'm like diving in full force ahead of the game. There's so many people watching right now who are like, who's Bob? So let's introduce you. Like start with the hardest question ever. Who is Bob? Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll just dive right in, I guess. Dive and in. actually, Emily, you and I really, really just met. So this is like an appropriate <laughs> Bob. Tell me about you. Literally. Uh, those listening, we we met probably within the last week, just virtually yeah. friend of a friend. So yeah, who am I? Uh, I grew up in Southern California. I live in Nashville now where you know our, our mutual friend, uh, one of my close friends here in town and grew up in Southern California. I grew up in the church, would have always said I was a believer. And yet I don't think I was a Christian until I was 25. Okay. And that sounds strange to say, because I was going to a Christian middle school. I was going to a Christian high school, like first period of the day, every day was Christian learning. I'm memorizing scripture. I'm, you know, doing all the things I'm praying before dinner. That's what Christians do. But Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. you will know them by their fruit. So it's not whether or not you can pass a Christian learning test. Like, can I memorize John three sixteen? It's do you obey me? That is how you know, you'll know if somebody's a true believer and nobody does it perfectly, but the general bent, the direction, the, the aroma of that person is different when they become a believer. And so I became different maybe not special from the next Christian, but, you know, 24 year old Bob to 25 year old Bob, different person because I started obeying God. And it really happened when I officially gave my life over to him. I I was a professional athlete for four years after college. So I went to USC 
University of Southern California, played baseball there. It was my dream school. Both of my parents met there. So I grew up a Trojan fan. And like when they offered me the scholarship, I was just on top of the world. So I go there and I was a, I was a good baseball player, but I wasn't a world-class baseball player. So fortunately, I ended up getting drafted to play professionally. I was drafted in the 26th round by the Toronto Blue Jays. I was number 774 overall. So they paid me $1,000 and they gave me a plane ticket. And so I flew to Dunedin, Florida, just outside of Tampa Bay, where the Blue Jays have their spring training. And my professional career started. That was what I was chasing. It was getting to the big leagues. It was the money and acclaim that would come with it. It was being able to say that I conquered this big mountain. And yet I would have told you I was a Christian the whole time. So it's like, cool, Christian box. Now I'm really going to focus on my workouts, my nutrition, my relationship with, you know, a girl that I had dated for a long period of time. Like, well, I'm already a Christian. So like, we don't need to even discuss that part of my life It's taken care of. It's all good. Let's chase this dream. And so it wasn't until the dream, which was the getting to the big leagues, spending my life with this girl. I was actually running a protein bar business while I was playing in the minor league. So that was kind of plan B or plan 1A. And that business went under. Mm-hmm. So like I, I said, everything changed when I was 25. This would have been the summer of 17. Okay. So you know, five and a half, six years ago. And in that summer, in like a two month period, my baseball career ended my business went under and then my relationship with that girl ended in a really, really painful way. So tough summer for me in 17 and we all go through it, but it was just so immediate. Hmm. All those things happened so quickly. And then the future that I had envisioned and tried to create was gone. So I, as the person who was baptized at 12, would have told you he was a Christian for all this time and, and truly wasn't. Like if Jesus says, if you love me, this will happen. You will keep my commandments. I just, I wasn't. It was not important to me to follow my master. In that, in that summer, you have the big league dreams that die. The business is going under the relationship. And so the future that I had tried to create or envisioned which looked awesome from afar, like who wouldn't want that was gone. And so my, I threw myself at God's feet and just said, Mm -hmm. Lord, I am, I am done. I have proven that I can't pick a career. I can't pick a dream. Can't pick a girl. Here's my life. Here, here is everything. I am done quarterbacking my life. I'm done trying to be the author of this story. I have now realized that I'm not very good at it. So like I said, I don't think I was a Christian till I was 25. And that was that moment where I said, Lord, I'm too tired. Mm. My answers, my answers, yes, on the front end to whatever you want for me. I'm too tired to be the captain of this ship. I'm wow. done. I am yours. Yeah, that was five and a half years ago. Okay, so now I'm so curious because you shared like where you were, this inciting incident that summer where everything you're pursuing, what you're dreaming of in life just falls apart. It doesn't happen. You put yourself at God's feet and then what happens? 
Like what happens in the last five years to where now you're publishing a book, you're on podcasts, like you can see the joy on your face. What happened next? Yeah. I, I started hearing. I, like I said, I grew up Christian, but more specifically, I grew up Lutheran. Okay. I went to a Lutheran middle school, Lutheran high school. So growing up Lutheran, it's just, I mean, being somewhat facetious, but it's like father, son, and Holy Bible, right? You're just like, you know, it's, it's based off of the, the word, but not necessarily things of the spirit. So I had not been introduced to the potential that God might speak to you in other ways. Yeah. After I gave my life over to him officially, like, Lord, mm -hmm. here's everything. I started experiencing things that I couldn't really explain okay. where like I, I started having dreams that felt spiritual. I started, and I've never heard God's voice audibly. I would never say that, but I started feeling leanings. Like I feel like something outside of me wants me to do X Yeah. and well, shoot. I just gave my life over to God and said, Lord speak. Like I will do literally anything. Show me where you want me to live. Show me what you want me to do for work. I am yours. You are my master. So maybe that's God. I don't know. Like, this is what I'm thinking, you know, now fall of 17. Yeah. And I'm still living in Orange County. I'm kind of putting okay. my protein bar business to bed at okay. this point and looking for the next thing. And when you grow up in Southern California, you know, it's sunny and 75 every day. Mm -hmm. And you just think you were born in the promised land, right? Like, why would I ever, why would I ever leave? Yep. And yet after I surrendered to him and started hearing what I, I still believe are these whispers from God, I felt a tug to move to Nashville. I'd never been here before. I knew three people in town and, you know, I, by playing in the minor leagues, I had traveled a ton. Like I've yeah. lived in Louisiana, Florida. Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Canada okay. for baseball. And those wow. are just the home, those are just the home games, like let alone playing on the road, right? Like you start yeah. in the hubs and then you go to, if I'm playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, we're going to Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and right. That's awesome. So I ended up moving to Nashville about six months later. And okay. that was the first real, uh, the first tug with any real consequence. It's like, well, shoot, if I'm wrong on this, what, whatever I'm hearing, whoever's speaking to me, like I'm, I'm going to move 2000 miles away from my friends and family and, and essentially start over on faith. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big thing. And so I was praying a ton. I was fasting quite a bit as well. Just like, all right, Lord, this book on my nightstand that you say is your word says, I'll be more likely to hear from you if I do X, Y, Z. And given that I'm broken and pretty aimless right now, I need you. Like mm -hmm. I need to hear right now because now this is getting dangerous because I've given you my life, remember? Yeah. And the more I prayed about it, the more I thought about it, I felt an increasing degree of peace on it. Wow. And so I moved to Nashville. That would have then been January of 18. Okay. And I wholeheartedly believe that I was hearing from him because God, God's agenda is totally different than ours. 
Yeah. Totally different. And that doesn't mean that we might have a dream, a desire that he fulfills. Like he's a, he's a loving father, right. but he also has dreams, desires that are above mm-hmm. that. So it's yep. not necessarily about, oh, I want him or her to have an awesome marriage. I want him or her to have a thriving career or whatever it is. Those might also be yeses, but this life that we're living right now, this is the preseason. Like death is undefeated. Mm -hmm. We will all face that. The first person we'll see when we die is Jesus. And the question will be, did you love me? Yeah. It won't be, did you have an awesome marriage? Won't be, did you have an awesome career? So God, God is on that agenda. Like, how do I make a bunch of imagers that love me, that reflect me, that serve me? And so in moving to Nashville, like I said, I I wholeheartedly believe that I was hearing from God just because of the fruit that I've seen. And it's not like, you know, I've seen amazing, uh, you know, professional, financial, like worldly type of results, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm doing fine, making a living, right? Like I'm, I'm comfortable roof over my right. head, right? But the fruit, like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, the joy you see on my face is knowing him yep. is being in relationship with him, doing life with him. Cause then you start seeing, you look back and you see fulfilled promises or providence, or even in the moment, like just being able to experience him. I just sat down with a, a mentor of mine this morning, and he's sharing this amazing story where, you know, he's, he's adopted a son from the Dominican Republic and all this. And like, we're, we're sitting there like tearing up at God's providence, yeah. and like the love that I see in him, the, the, love that I see he is now giving to this new son of his and God is all over it. Yeah. Like I wasn't having those conversations six years ago. Wow. The conversations I was having was, all right, finish the year in single a, my strikeout to walk ratio was, eh, all right, what are we going to do? What's the off season workout program? What girl am I you know, what girl Mm -hmm. am I chasing? Or how do we fix this broken relationship? Like worldly stuff. And so you asked who I am. I, I am in love with God. It's exactly where I want to be. It is awesome. Wow. What like an intro and story. Thank you for unpacking just the pre-decision to really be all in with God and then what he's been doing in and through your life now. And being on the flip side of having read your book, it just gives me even more insight into the heartbeat behind the words in this book. So like, tell me a little bit about the book. I know when we first met, I was like, what's the story behind the story? So share with Becoming TV the story behind the story, what your book is about. Tell us about it. Yeah. So when I was playing in the minor leagues, I was always a reader. Problem was I was a nonfiction reader. Not that that is a problem in isolation. It's all good, but I only read nonfiction. It was mental game, fitness, nutrition. Like how do I throw baseballs as fast as I possibly can? That's what, that's what I was focused on. Once I moved to Nashville, I had a couple uh, that was, was mentoring me for a little bit. And uh, my friend ended up recommending that I start picking up some fiction. And I okay. really push back on that. Really push back. It's like, what are you talking about? Why would I pick up a book with the goal of enjoying it? 
Like why, why get busy enjoying something when I could be getting better? That sounds like a bad trade-off, which of course that's just so immature and not, not like how, how God would be thinking about it. Not even wise. Eventually I cave and start stepping into the world of fiction. And I have just absolutely exploded in terms of my, my love for fiction now. And I love reading for enjoyment. Like, you know, it's almost, I've like traded my passion for nonfiction books and like getting better to reading great writing, reading Mm -hmm. this amazing novel. Like I started oddly enough with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay. Amazing writing. Amazing, amazing story. Like we kind of think of, you know, Mr. Munster, the Adams family, he's got the bolts in his neck and electricity. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing story about the longings that humans have for connection. That's what Frankenstein is about. That's why the monster is tormenting people. He's running around looking for a partner. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Frankenstein's about. But like you read this amazing writing by Mary Shelley or, you know, you pick up East of Eden by John Steinbeck or I know you've listened to my book. So you know how much I love Les Miserables. (laughs) I just just went to Les Miserables, uh, the musical here in Nashville at the Tennessee uh, Performing Arts Center. Amazing. amazing. But but the book, the original novel by Victor Hugo, like I would never pick up a book that's 1,247 pages that isn't helping me throw baseballs fast. Mm-hmm. I picked up that book at the recommendation of this mentor. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So you asked how the book came about. It was my love for reading. Mm-hmm. I had started writing a little bit and I had started studying stories like okay. world building, uh, creating characters and things like that. And then also as this Christian who's becoming more and more on fire for God, yeah. that same couple had recommended that I read the Bible in a year. So okay. I was doing the Bible in a year with him. And uh, I've done that five years in a row. 2023 will be my, my sixth year of doing That's that. Awesome. And so and you've listened to the book. So, you know, in chapter one, right. I'm reading the science fiction novel. The guy gets the girl and Bob is upset. Like I shouldn't be upset in that moment because like you want that to happen, but I was upset because it didn't happen for me at any rate in that moment. It was like my right brain and my left brain talked where my left brain, the one that had been reading scripture and had been studying stories and stuff like that talk to the storytelling mind where you know this and for those who haven't you know picked up the book yet what I've essentially done is I tell the gospel through pop culture references more specifically I tell it through the arc of a love story it's kind of the guy meets girl narrative Mm -hmm. hero villain love interest to be saved you start Mm -hmm. in paradise that paradise is undone the entire story is trying to restore that paradise we tell that story over and over and over again it is star wars it is avatar it is it is it is thousand different faces the same story and so in that moment and it's what i describe in chapter one it was like a total light bulb moment where the storytelling bible reading mind woke up to that's why i'm so upset that it work out for me i want this story I want the hero. I want the protagonist to get the girl. I want the paradise to be restored. Why is that? 
Like, why do I have this longing in my heart? Why do I, why do I have this conviction that this ending is right, is objectively right? And then I looked at the book on my nightstand, the Bible that I was reading every morning. It's like, oh, got it. And then when I zoomed out and I read the Bible again, you know, over the course of that year, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is that story. This is the hero, the villain, the love interest to be saved. You start in paradise. Paradise is undone. The author of that story is trying to take the readers, take the characters of the story to that paradise. That is the story that we were born into. That's why we tell stories like the Hunger Games. Yeah. That's why we light up when they save Private Ryan. It's not because we love Tom Hanks. It's because we love Jesus. Like, that is the that is the longing of our heart that is, i mean spoiler alert, that is our heart's desire that's why i titled the book that our heart's desire how our stories reveal the thing we want most yeah all we need to do is look at the stories we're telling to realize you know what i might actually love god and i i firmly believe that and there are some that will choose to reject because you know until we are redeemed until we're renewed, like we, we love sin. There are some that love sin forever. But if there's somebody who has a soft heart, who's open to the things of God, but hasn't really bridged that gap, I believe our stories are a perfect avenue to, to discover that. Yeah. Because it, it's just, it's just a modern day retelling of scripture. It's the stories. It's the story that we want to live. That's why we keep going back to it. I love it. And that's actually what I love about becoming stories and the privilege I have of hearing people's stories because over and over, and I think that's why I resonated even with your book and how you're relating God's word, God's story with ours and pop culture, because it's so true. And I see that thread through every single becoming story that we film. Um, curious, was Frankenstein the first fiction book that you read or was it a different one? Not, not in life. But okay. when I had this, when I had my mentor say like, Hey man, you need to lighten up. Like you, you need, we need to activate the right side of your brain and you just need to have some fun, like read some fiction. So yeah, Frankenstein was the first one, but you know, we've all been in school. Like I read 1984 in yeah. high school. I remember reading Beowulf, a bunch of other things, but that was an assignment. This yeah. was for fun. And now, you know, it's like I mentioned, you know, Frankenstein. Les Mis, Count of Monte Cristo, Anna Karenina, East of Eden. I reread Gatsby. Um, okay. Yeah. I, so, I love it. Like if, if a book has stood the test of time, believe it. How did you land on Frankenstein to be your first fiction book in this era? Yeah, it, it was actually just what she recommended. Okay. Uh, this, you know, my, my mentor. Because um, she, uh, she's a teacher. And so okay. she's, she's reading like crazy too. So I'll, I'll go to her a lot as far as, Hey, like, what are you, what are you reading right now? Like, Oh, I'm reading, I'm reading Jane, Jane Eyre. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll put that to the list, you know? Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's how, that's how it started. Yep. I love it. So y'all who are watching, I'm going to recommend that you get Bob's book in two formats. One, buy a copy, but second, download the audio version because you may or may not hear some uh, character impersonations that are just priceless. So get both. That's what I'm going to say. And we'll have the links, you guys. You, you can you easily... like those. 
I loved them. We were, we were talking beforehand. You liked the characters in there. They were hilarious. I think because I wasn't expecting it. And so when the first time you started impersonating a character, I was like, this guy has a fun personality. Like, let's go. Well, so. I mean, if you're stuck, if you're stuck with me in your earbuds for five hours, <laughs> I figure we might as well mix it up a little bit. So well yeah. done. But actually, like you had mentioned getting it in in two ways. If you order a copy. If you look in the first couple of pages, I put a QR code in there. You can literally yes, download the audiobook for free. That's awesome. So if That's you're listening awesome. to this and you could tolerate another five hours of me, uh, you'll get it for free. <laughs> so That's yeah, I just wanted, really wanted to share cool. that. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. We'll have the link so you guys can easily buy the book, then download the audio so you can have some fun listening to all the impersonations. Um, another question for you. Are you a coffee drinker? I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I'm a tea why? guy myself. Okay. Okay. So why? Yeah. Like, are we no, are we no longer friends? Probably <laughs> not. I'm kidding. Wait, why do you not like, have you ever tried coffee? That's where I'm going to go. First. I've just, I've just never gotten into it, which is really strange for a baseball player. There's two things baseball players almost always do that. I haven't coffee and dip. Okay. I'm off. I'm off that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've just never really gotten into coffee. I'm, I'm naturally a morning person, so I don't okay. like, I don't need any sort of caffeine to get things going. And yeah, I've, I like tea. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I hope we can be friends. Maybe we can get over this. Uh, you Maybe. Know, his mercies are new every know. morning, but true. yeah, it's <laughs> true. Okay. So what kind of tea do you drink? I, I mix that up. So I'll go with echinacea tea if i'm feeling a little under the weather get the immune system Good. going right now i'm drinking some uh ginger and turmeric you know that's just nice. all in all health sometimes you know i just you gotta throw in a little tea that you enjoy maybe like a an orange peel okay cinnamon something like that something good but yeah i mix it up that's good so if you're having a cup of orange tea you're living on the edge and you're sitting across from someone else on their own becoming journey what would you say to encourage them yeah i would encourage them to surrender i'd encourage them to surrender because first of all just in my personal journey that's what it took to see god really for the first time but also i think about what jesus said you know he said Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That doesn't mean that you have to become a martyr. It's not like literally dying. Whoever dies, no. He's saying whoever loses his life, whoever loses her life, whoever gives it over will find it. Life will start making sense. It cannot make sense until you do that. Yeah. So, and that might sound scary because I think we naturally as humans want to control but yeah, I would encourage you to surrender. There is freedom there. There's God's provision. There's God's plan. There's also way less pressure there. Like you, you trying to be the author of your story, you thinking that you're the main character of your story. Neither of those are true. Yeah. So it's until you realize that, that life seems like this uphill battle. It's only when you surrender and you realize, oh, I'm not writing my story. And even more offensive, I'm not the main character of my story. 
like I was born, I was born into this master tale about God. Everything that's going on, every action, every character, good or bad, was created to reflect him, to help us learn more about him. Like even the enemy, even Satan, just like a, a fictional villain, is there strategically by the author to help us learn more about the hero, the capital H hero, like the protagonist, God himself. So I would say surrender, because until you do, life will be unnecessarily hard. Like you, you have a loving father. You have, a, you have a good father who knows everything. Like, and I put this in my book. It's, it's one of my favorite verses, but God writes in Isaiah 46, I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. I have all of this in my control. To me, it's already done. I've already written that book. You guys are just living it. Yep. So surrender. He's got you covered. This is an easy thing for him. And his plan is good. That's worth surrendering to. So your answer is so powerful. And it goes against every grain in our natural human tendency to surrender. Like we want to take control of things, whether it's pursuing a dream, a relationship, a goal, whatever the case may be. So if someone was listening to that answer right now and they're like, okay, like I'm tracking with you. I get what you're saying. I even agree with it. What's a tangible next step? Like, how do you go about surrendering? I, again, going back to what I shared at the beginning of our time, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So like a prerequisite to that. Okay, Jesus, well, I, I, I want to love you. Of course I do. I want, I want to follow you. You have to know his commandments. So I think sometimes, especially today, we can get into this like, oh, I'm going to walk into the woods and think really long and hard and God will meet me there. Maybe I'm not saying not to pray. Jesus did that. But the first step, get in God's word. Yeah. Like if you want God to speak to you, awesome. There's 31,000 verses waiting for you. Like God has plenty to say. and like I said, this is the sixth year that I've read the Bible in a year and it's not even difficult for me anymore. And I'm, I am not saying that to brag. So hopefully it doesn't come off that way. I'm saying I truly love it where, yeah. you know, it's typically 20 or 30 minutes in the morning. It's the first thing I do. I am, I am literally upset when I get to the last word, I'm like, Oh man. Okay. I guess I have to, I guess I have to step into the world, you know, and make my sales calls or, you know, work on my book launch or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Not that those things upset me. But God's word is just so powerful. God is the best-selling author of all time, despite billions of people that hate him. Mm-hmm. God is the best-selling author of all time. So if you, if you want to connect with God, if you want help in the surrender, if, even if you don't have a Bible, like pick one up. That is the first easiest most tangible step, like just get in there. He is waiting for you. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Um, thank you for sharing that answer. It's, it's powerful. And, um, if we were to start applying that, everything would change. So thank you for sharing. Um, if somebody was watching their story, your story today, and they wanted to connect with you, they wanted to follow your journey. They want to get your book. 
all the things, where can people connect with you online? Uh, two places, either my website, bobwheatley.com, or you can find me on social. I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. It's just at Bob Wheatley. Love to hear from you. That'd be, that'd be awesome. That's how you and I connected. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's exactly. great. I'd love that. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yes. And we will have, as I shared, the links in the show notes. You all can easily connect with Bob and buy the book. It's amazing. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story, who you are, who you're becoming, what God's writing in your life. I'm proud of you and I'm cheering you on big time. Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. And I know that those who uh, are listening didn't hear beforehand, but thank you for the, for the prayer. Your, your heart for God is very, very clear. And I just want to encourage you in that. I'm glad that, glad that we met and glad that we're friends. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.